0: Beckett. Robert Beckett. Robert Beckett. Can you say, Josh Widdicombe?
1: Josh Widdicombe. Very good.
0: What were the extra sound effects there?
1: Well, that that was obviously the TV on in the background. So I got much respect for that family. But not, <laughs> my, my but growing up, the telly was never off in our house. Same here, same here. I remember I went down to visit my mom and dad once, and they like we was all sitting chatting, and my dad was like, "Yeah, yeah," and he had the control out as we're talking, and I went, "What are you doing?" I'm just putting something on. I went, "Yeah, but we're talking." He went, yeah, but it's good to have something on, isn't it? I went, the, Oh, I went, yeah, not really. No, I don't. Well, what was you going to put on? Is it something that you want to show me? He went, no, just Reggie Yates in China. <laughs> <laughs> why, why would you want Reggie Yates in China just on in the background for like background noise? It's insane. I just don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they've got a sound bar, so oh, if, no, if ever I stay show. there, I can never never turn the telly on. It's either telly on and silent or telly off and loud. But that, who was that? Who was that? that who, um,
0: oh, sorry, yeah. That was the um, intro. Sarah Smith has sent this in. This is my two-year-old Charlotte with her older brother, Jacob, who's five, butting in. Uh, thank you. Oh, yeah, we used to have the TV on all the time. And then occasionally there'd be nothing on, and my mum would say, shall we turn it off and have a chat? And I think come on. you sicko yeah. is-
1: <laughs> also do you know what i think that's why it put pressure on your anecdotes growing up because like You're if right. my mom and dad have got only fools and horses on and i go i want to tell you something they'll leave only fools and horses and i go go on then this guy thinks he might be more funny and interesting than john sullivan off he goes, <laughs> and then it's oh god this better be good <laughs> do you know what i mean rather than like just silence Everything's interesting in silence.
0: If it was Rock and Chips, I think you were funnier than John Cumberland. <laughs>
1: <Tendon. laughs> rock and Chips. Oh. Oh, proper hardcore Only Fools and Horses fans <laughs> pretend that didn't exist. You know, you know, you know, sorry to everyone involved in that, but I just couldn't. You can't do it without Del boy.
0: For me, Only Fools and Horses ends in December 1996 with The Millionaire becoming episodes. Oh. Everything after that.
1: It's itchy, isn't it? Itchy. You yeah. get itchy. I'm, I'm feeling itchy thinking about it.
0: It, just, it was such a perfect ending. Such a perfect ending.
1: Yeah, well, look, some said that about, you know, the 2012 Olympics. But, you know, people carried on going, didn't they, making shows?
0: <laughs> I'll have you know it was the Paralympics. <laughs> oh, duh, you've done me. Um, shall I tell you about my week or do you want to hear about your week? Do you want to hear? About, do you want to tell me about your week? <laughs> I'll hear about my week. What did I do? Um, <laughs> uh, no, you t- tell us your week. Come on. I'll start by telling you about today, Rob. So, <laughs> okay. So I've discovered a, a larger playground in Victoria Park. which is Have you only park. just found it? Well, no. I, I knew it was the hair, but yeah. I always thought it was too old. And so we, oh, we right. gave it a go because she's now three. Too
1: old as in archaic and falling apart
0: or too old for your daughter? That's <laughs> it. too old for my daughter. But oh, since you say that, 50% <laughs> of the um, rides are behind fencing, getting her refurbed at the moment. So. Oh, there, oh, there's nothing sadder. And it's got... It's got three big slides, like not like the slides where you climb up a ladder and go down. Yeah. Like the kind of, you know, the kind of mega slides where you have to like go up some stairs. Oh,
1: yeah. The ones where like it's basically the first part of your life. It's it's like uni for a toddler. They're (laughs) all up there with all their new mates just throwing themselves off. You just have to hope they don't
0: fall off. So I didn't realise quite the impact of these slides. So we went up to the first one. I was like... (laughs) It's kind of done they, they' built it in onto a hill, really, so you go up to this up the hill, yeah, and then um she went down the slide at what I can only describe as a breakneck speed, <laughs> and then I kind of went down the steps to meet her at the bottom and saw that I'd missed the first time a sign saying seven year old or above
1: seven really yeah, th- three yeah three <laughs> seven. No wonder you could fit up there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, so we went, she loved it. Anyway, we yeah. went down the big one with her on my lap a couple of times. That went well. Cause I thought oh, yeah. that's, that's a good fine. Middle, middle ground. 37 plus or 40, in fact. Um, so, and then we went back today Yeah, and it, it rained. Now yesterday it had rained and it was going very fast. And then it stopped just after the rain it got like claggy and people couldn't even get down the big one. They were having to shuffle down the slide. Oh, too wet, too wet. Yeah. So today we get there and there's a couple of kids struggling to get down the big slide after another rainstorm, right? <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and she's like, can we go on the big slide? I'm like, well, this will be fine. <laughs> i just kind of shimmy down with her. It's very claggy. And I don't know what happened, Rob, but whatever I was wearing meant that I had a very different resistance to everyone else that had been on that slide. Was you in a big brown sack? <laughs> so I was in a pair of jeans, right? Yeah. And so they hadn't even reached the flat bit at the bottom. They just had to get off at the bottom. <laughs> the flat bit. I'm gonna send you a photo of the bottom, and you can see my skid <laughs> through the sandy water. We can stick this up on um the yeah. Insta. So bear in mind. Where, the, where it starts to level out, no one had ever made any progress of that. And you can now see the skid of my ass in this photo I'm about to send you. <laughs> oh,
1: my, Is that your ass?
0: That's my ass going the whole way down. <laughs> through. And I got the wettest, sandiest <laughs> ass I've ever had in my life. What like, you properly got? wet through.
1: That is a steep... It's like a Soviet-Russian slide. Yeah, you exactly. <laughs> You said built into a hill. It's built into, like, a concrete bunker. <laughs>
0: That doesn't look like a fun place to go so and she made me do it again so I did it twice oh that is weak parenting but we did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> so you did it again did you go all the way down yeah we just flew down again but I was just like of course because we were going probably I don't want to overestimate eighty miles an hour Hours of-
1: <laughs> Oh god, the, the fear though. I put the two-year-old on my shoulders earlier, and you know when you put them up, and then they move a bit. Oh, I don't like that. And then nearly went, and I was like, oh. and I just walk in along, going, nearly fell from like, you know, I'm not a massive man, but it's still five foot eight. It's too high yeah.
0: to fall from. I don't like the on the shoulder walk. No, I, I haven't got enough confidence, despite the what, fact I haven't fallen say, over. I haven't got
1: enough shoulders.
0: <laughs> I'm got enough shoulder. <laughs> Um, but I'm working on yeah. that. Um, despite the fact I haven't fallen over since probably Gordon Brown was prime minister, like I still think that I'm going to like fall over. I've, Do you know I've what I mean? Never
1: thought about falling over. I've thought about no. dropping it, but not me tripping. But that is a—that oh, is a true. That yeah, that is a that is a concern, isn't it? The trip.
0: Yeah, the trip. I never thought
1: of that. You've, it's really
0: good this. You're giving more things to worry about. Well, I've got my own health and safety concerns. <laughs> I have to put my child on a seven-year-old slide. <laughs> Seven's too old Uh, They're they're just bandying that number around to cover themselves I'm fully aware of that I understand Hackney Council, we get it Um, understand
1: um, Do you want to hear about my week Josh?
0: Oh yeah, I was just going to tell you I was almost salty with someone
1: Oh, tell me the saltiness
0: So I was almost salty with a drone operator (laughs) Okay I was a guest on a new show on Dave So they were bringing something in on a drone They do it in every show and I'm All just right. about to go on, and Alex Brooker's been on the day before. <laughs> yeah. And um, I'm literally just about to go on. I haven't done a TV show in probably three months. And so you're slightly nervous. And he just comes yeah. up to me and he goes, Your mate was good yesterday. I was <laughs> like, All right, yeah. And he was like, So you better be funny. Oh. And I was. Uh... Oh, I was very close to telling him to fuck off.
1: <laughs> I think you
0: should. I just. I just walked away. I just ignored it and walked away. I would have
1: have said, well, you better be good at that drone and we'll get another fat virgin to come in and do your job, (laughs) you loser. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, drone operators are like rock and roll stars because they're basically people that have mastered it before it became a job. And now they're like, I am rolling in the money here because all the TV shows want it and I'm the only one that can do it.
0: He wasn't aware that maybe you shouldn't get in someone's head before they go on. <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean, I doubt if he were he was doing drones at the boxing, he'd say to Auntie Joshua, I saw uh, Tyson Fury uh, in sparring. You're going to be good at punching. <laughs> do you know what I, mean? I hope you're good at fighting. Did you give him evils? What did you do? Did you just, I just sort walked of laugh off because
0: we, we were in the dark, so I just walked off.
1: I think in the future, you should tell them to fuck off, but try and do it in a jokey way. Do you think? And they'll love it. And then he's got a good anecdote there. Because he's giving you a bit of banter. They're a bit a bit blokey, some of the drone guys I've noticed. And you could just go, tell you what, mate, why don't you and that drone fuck off?
0: <laughs> <laughs> and then laugh in his face and walk off. Because I'd be walking down the street and I'd get a drone in the head two weeks and down the line.
1: Oh, can you imagine? i tell you what, though. You do not want to be a bald man in TV now with drones, do you? There's no escape, is there? <laughs> We're going to do a drone <laughs> shot here. You what?
0: Um, I had a uh, another incident at a TV show. Oh, yeah. In fact, this relates back to something we've done. So we've talked before about me having uh, not box-fresh trainers on TV. Yes, you've
1: got, you're known for being a bit as well. Mum and Dad like to call it soapy, dirty, looks like it needs a wash.
0: Yeah, well, I, I wouldn't say you're known for that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't go <laughs> bandying that around like that. <laughs>
1: It's been said. I'm just saying. It's
0: been it, said, yeah.
1: During it, last time I went
0: around there, during Reggie Yates in China, your <laughs> appearance did prop up. Say what you will about Reggie Yates, but you can see your face in those trainers. <laughs> that
1: guy, even in Beijing, his trainers are absolutely pristine white.
0: <laughs> so I had to do – they've said a different TV show, right? But I, I realised that because I, I haven't bought any trainers in six months because I yeah. haven't had any reason – all of my trainers were fucked, except one pair of new trainers. I had at the back of the thing that I'd worn once. And then I I wore them, went outside, came back in them. I'd stepped in dog shit, Rob. <laughs> okay. And I had no other option of trainers. And I was leaving at that point. So you took dog shit trainers? In a bag. But I thought, so- I'll, I, whoa, 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 I will clean it myself when I get there. I'm not going to make anyone else clean that. So I bagged them up, took them to Pinewood Studios. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'll clean them. So you're,
1: you're arriving at the TV, she knows, with dog poo bag.
0: Yeah, with dog poo bag. Yep. And Inka, who does the costume, I know, because she does the costume on the last leg as well. Um, She's like, have you got outfit? And I was like, yeah, but I need something to clean my trainers because I can't I can't make someone else do this. So I'm doing, I, mean, I could say, it's would I lie to you. It's, quite, it's, it's a very popular TV show, and I'm crouched over the sink in my dressing room, cleaning dog shit off, wearing two... It feels like
1: you're just getting content for the show.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah true or false <laughs> 30 minutes ago I was cleaning dog shit off these shoes
1: you should have thought that would have been a great one
0: so anyway I've got, she gives me those plastic medical gloves you'd wear you know what I mean that dentists because wear.
1: People are so worried about COVID and stuff that I think people like don't care about dog shit as much.
0: Well, the good thing is because people are so worried about COVID, you've got all the stuff you need to clean dog shit off. They've got all the PPE you need yeah. when you're doing <laughs> dog shit. Yeah. So anyway, clean the dog shit off the shoes. Delighted with myself. Take the gloves off. Go to makeup. Put on the makeup. I'm thinking absolutely smash this out. Walk back into my dressing room. Realize I had thrown in my haste to get to makeup and throwing off the gloves, I'd put them on my phone. Oh, no. And my phone was, like, wet with the dog shit gloves, Rob.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can't clean them because the gloves are on them and they're dirty.
0: <laughs> the gloves are on the phone and the, the gloves are dirty. Because it'll never end. The They'll never end. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There'll always be something to clean.
0: <laughs> exactly. Uh-
1: Oh dear, you've had a right old week, Josh. Had hell of a week. Had um, hell of a week. Well, I'll I'll touch, I'll tell you about my week maybe on Friday. because so, 'cause I've got a couple of Instagram things from uh the listeners. Should we do that? Um you know people talk about their kids saying uh, saying the wrong things with pronunciation. Yep. This one from Carly Steele. My two-year-old got a Playmobil castle for his birthday. It was only then we realised he couldn't say castle and instead called it his arsehole, inviting everyone to come and play with my arsehole. It made for a very interesting birthday party. The implication of that is that they did play with his arsehole. It made for an interesting birthday party. (laughs) Because they took him up on that offer and they went for the arsehole. Here we go. What we got here? gone. Um, oh, this one. I don't think you could help with this one. This is Joey Ireland said, Hey guys, firstly, I enjoyed listening to your podcast immensely over the last few months. Thank it's you. been very entertaining. Despite the clear hell of parenting in lockdown you've portrayed sometimes, I find myself newly pregnant with our first. The world of books and apps is somewhat overwhelming right now. Can you recommend a good book for first time, Dad? Yes. I've got a good one. The Governor, Lenny McLean. <laughs> one of the most underrated autobiographies you'll ever read. What, what, what are you going to recommend,
0: um, Josh? I think the best parenting book I've read is the Philippa Perry book, uh, which is called something like "The Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read" or something like that. It's absolutely brilliant, and I would highly recommend it. There won't be much, won't be loads of use initially. Yeah, but when your daughter
1: is bullying you to go on a unsuitable slide twice in a row, exactly. you'll know exactly what to do in order for that to not happen. So you've used it really well, I think, Josh,
0: in your life. <sighs> Honestly, she'll grow up a very well adjusted person. <laughs> it's just her dad will have a consistently wet, sandy ass.
1: And constantly panicking about tripping up. Also, I, sh- I should mention this. My <laughs> my two daughters, right? You know, we've got, we've got this like microphone thing that plays songs. You press a button, it plays songs. Press a button, there's applause. You can record yourself, you can put echo like little voices on it, right? Little just toy. Yeah. Anyway, so there
0: was really not turning with... them into yourself, right? Well,
1: they're playing with it, but it has like preset twinkle twinkle little star songs. It's basically to sing, right? Yeah. They, they don't sing with it. I've walked past the other day, they just take turns holding it and talking about their day. <laughs> <laughs> so they're essentially just both doing little stand-up sets. And, they go like, and then I went to Hever Castle. But they they say where they went like it's a punchline. Amazing.
0: Uh, very young to realise that it's mainly about rhythm.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, that's there's no jokes there. But it, all the, all that other stuff's there. But that's weird. I've never well, seen
0: kids... Well, we've, we've both seen acts that have got away with that kind of <laughs> shit for years, mate. <laughs> also, what's weird is that normal kids sing, don't they? That's an interesting... I was thinking about this the other day. Do they know what you do for a living and understand it? Not really, because everyone's
1: on screens. It's not that exciting to be on a telly. And they're too young to understand that it's a TV show or something. Do you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. They're not going... It's a great show. Jonathan Ross is a really good show to get on. <laughs>
1: um, also, I've got a confession, Josh. Yeah. I've started wearing yeah. female UGG slippers. Oh, my word. It's the comfiest my feet have ever been What's
0: the difference between a female UGG slipper and a male UGG slipper? Just comfier. It's size, normally. Um, <laughs> no, basically,
1: I'll explain. Lou's got these UGG slippers, yeah? So I've been wearing a, her ones that are, like, size 6 or something, right? But like ramming my feet in, and she's been getting the ump of me for stretching them. Yeah. So she bought me a pair, but they only do women's up to size eight. Uh, so I've had to squeeze them into an eight, but they do stretch. But it's so comfy. But the women's have got like this nice cuff. You got? The, have you it's got a the cuff. boot,
0: or have you got? No, the, no, uh...
1: it's backless. Oh, it's backless. So It's like a, it's it's sort of, and and it's got a cuff. A sexy dress. It's quite sexy. I feel quite. I've always yeah. I've always been quite jealous of women's clothes. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> What well, would yeah. you dress as? No, just the options. Just le- I'll just leg into the big T-shirt, probably. <laughs> 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 just looks so comfy, doesn't it? Um, anyway, but yeah, that's my new thing
0: I'm into, is women's slippers. Big I think, you- do you know what? I think you could get away with leggings and a big T-shirt and some backless slippers. Well,
1: yeah, I just think they make men's slippers
0: too blokey
1: you just like um, someone, for the
0: love granddad soldier of God, do a photoshop or something draw a picture <laughs> and send it into us of rob dressed in his in his hungover women's clothes okay josh we better wrap this up because people want to hear from our guests but on oh, yeah. friday
1: we're gonna be talking about my week which was quite stressful had the kids for four nights in Ideal. a row um, Ideal. on my own so i'll explain about that and um we'll talk about lockdown Because we'll know more than what's happening with it now because it's sort of going back and forwards. Kids are in school, we think. Thank God. Um, But uh, we'll talk about lockdown and and my week of having the kids on my own for four nights.
0: And we've got lots of emails from you. If you want to get in touch, this is how
1: email us hello at lockdownparenting.co.uk or tweet us at lockdownparents or instagram lockdown underscore parenting and you can also send us stuff po box 76748 london e99dw
0: Okay, Rob. Who we got today?
1: We have got Carl Donnelly, excellent comedian, um, one of the best comics on the circuit. He's also done Mock the Week and a number of other television shows. And he is—he's quite interesting. Really, it's his first-time dad, and he's uh, was was it three, four months, or five months? Four, four months, or, I four think. or five months uh, when we did the interview. But he's good and he's really funny, Carl. So enjoy. Hello, Carl Donnelly. Thank you for coming on the show.
0: Hey, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good. Um, Rob, I should say, before you turned up in the interview, Carl said that he's been too guilty to play golf. And I thought, that make, that puts you in a very difficult position. <laughs> oh, really? You felt too guilty to play
1: golf?
2: Well, not. I mean, basically what happened was, um, so we had a baby uh, f- almost five months ago. First couple of months when, you know, I I've, I actually was relatively, um, I was playing golf too regular to have a two-month-old baby. Oh! <laughs> Would you play it? Well no, I was sort of playing once a week, which isn't that yeah. often, no. but you know it's it a, takes so long. It's so it's a full day out when you've yeah. got a brand new baby. It's and I, I was aware that but my wife was really insistent, no, it'll be nice you go and do that. Yeah. You go you go see your friends <laughs> and then um and basically, what's happened in the last six weeks is just out of the blue. My wife's old one one of the old jobs she used to do called her and was sort of desperate for her to help out because they had a really busy period, and it could all be done from home. And so she's been working full time from home in the last six weeks. So I've been, you know, doing the all well the lion's share of the daytime baby uh, care. And, you know, the odd times I can be like, look, can you just have her in the afternoon just next to you just messing around and I've got something else to do, but I couldn't say, can I go out for a... You know, basically a nine-hour outing with my friends.
1: Especially because you live in you live a bit further into town than me, so like even for me, it's four hours when you're there. You've got to get there about half an hour before. You have to. It was uh, I played the other day as a forty-five-minute drive. I was at the house. Seven and a half hours.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Rob. That's a. 45-minute drive, you've uh, hit a really long way there, am I right? <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: <laughs> golf banter. Golf <laughs> banter, I, I can be all right, you know, no, I could be fun on the list. Honestly, golf banter is so, the, the the crap banter the old men have at golf courses, and they think they're hilarious, it's shocking. It shouldn't. We really need to shine a light on it, it's awful.
2: Yeah, like, you know, the sort of golf terminology, the sort of modern ones are really bad. Somebody like... Who is it? I think it's John Robbins I was playing with. And he referred, oh, it might have been Jimmy McGee, and referred to a shot as a Sally Gunnell. And I went, what's that mean? He goes, a bit of a runner. <laughs> it's like, oh, come on, mate. No,
0: you're 28 years out of date. That's yeah, I know. <laughs> well,
2: that's when all these um, terms, that, that's one of the newer golf terms as well. That's one of the new <laughs> bit of banter.
1: Uh, they really broke through after the Barcelona Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so carl, a, bit, you of got a f-
2: bit of a linford eh? <laughs>
1: yeah. oh that colin jackson that would have kept jumping up <laughs> over the bunkers. Um, so you've got a five-month-old baby carl and yeah. you're basically your sort of full-time parent at home while you're a partner's or what is it wife at the minute wife? yeah and
2: she is a uh, wife um and she is you know she's working from home because that's what most people are but so she is only basically in the other room but i try and not interrupt as as much as I can you know but but she's still being fully breastfed so every couple of hours I have to like sort of bring her in and go like can you feed her and then I'll take her away and entertain her for the rest of the afternoon
0: do you find it fun to entertain a 5 month old
2: um i've been loving it but yeah. in terms of timing of uh, chatting about it basically yesterday we, we got warned by some friends who've got a similar age. You know, we've got NCT
0: friends. I don't know if you did oh, NCT. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, we didn't really. I've never been in a, a more underpowered and quicker dying WhatsApp <laughs> group in my life.
2: <laughs> uh, I don't know if you, either of you saw it on, I put, I put it on social media, but I had the thing that I feared the most, which was I sent a message to the wrong group. And it, it was a message that was meant for three comedian mates. And I sent it to my NCT group.
1: No, what did you say?
2: Uh, it was a voice memo um, where three, I mean, a group of three of my closest comedian mates, it's very sort of bantery, I suppose, but they always, they've been winding me up about having new friends in NCT. Yeah. And so I left a voice memo that I sent to my comedian mates, sort of saying, no, they're not, you know, they're just, yeah, there's people I'm friends with because we've, got, we've all got kids, you know, it's not like, and I, and I, I said, there's only one couple that are actually really cool. Oh! but i didn't mean it like that basically what i was doing they're actually all the couples are really nice but but i just spent that afternoon with and we know we see we see them all regularly they're all lovely but that afternoon we'd spent with one couple in particular who we sort of i suppose we got the most similar lives to and um and my mates had been winding me up about hanging out with all these new parents so i was trying to be sort of laddie and be like no they're not even real friends and basically i sent sent that voice memo to the nct group so
1: what did they say on yeah. the group?
2: Oh. Well, I deleted it very quickly because one of the dads called me, having heard it, and went, Mate, <gasps> um, you've sent that to the NCT group. Oh my god. And he, he saved the day because I think I deleted it. And to, um, to this day no one else has mentioned it. But and was I he the cool dad? Him, he's the cool dad he's the one I get on with the I think most. They may yeah, have right.
1: mentioned it in the new group they formed after that <laughs> <Royal> <laughs> memo hit.
2: <laughs> NCT sands at the Donnelly. <laughs> Uh, but what i was saying was um um but we got warned by some of the other people in our nct group that apparently between four and five months there can be a shift a developmental shift yeah that and we've sort of sort of got away with it a bit and then the last two days she's been quite frankly a nightmare you
1: you edited yourself in
2: i did because like she is just she's so hard to like normally i can entertain her quite easily now i've got what's your wonder wall what's your big hit well weirdly it's uh, getting the guitar out she loves just sitting really? there and watching me play guitar because i suppose she can you know it's sort of a lot going on she can hear music but she can see stuff happening as well um sometimes i do have to wear a turquoise cowboy hat which i don't know that's something <laughs> she's grown to like but so you're, um,
0: you're now basically a country and western singer is what you're yeah. trying to tell us <laughs> once lockdown fully ends that's what going be. i'm gonna be a musical comedian <laughs>
2: And yeah, she's just she's the last few days. And none of my tools are working. It's she gets so bored so quick. Like I'm talking two minutes of one thing, and then she's like, right next.
0: Oh
1: she's like god! A, she's like a
2: flipping middle aged king. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and is she sleeping all
2: right? She is. She well, she is. But we're doing we're doing it a bit weird. Me and my wife are both sort of hippie ish. So she's still a hundred percent breastfed. Uh, so that I means she naturally wakes up more regularly for feeds, and like we. She we're co sleeping, so she's in the bed with us still.
0: Okay. But cool. do, what, yeah. What's do, the uh, what's the lineup in the bed? Is she in the middle. Yeah. She, obviously. Yeah. She, no, <laughs> we put her down the bottom across the bottom of our feet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but are you worried about rolling onto her? Well, no, because we're pretty safe. Well, we we've read a lot about it when we, were, yeah. when, we were, when she was due and, you know, one of the theories is co-sleeping is quite good for them first 6 months to sort of make them feel comfortable and mm-hmm. not get any uh, attachment issues and things. So we just thought we'd try it, but we did it for a few nights early doors to check the safety and realize we're both pretty safe sleepers you i think you sleep slightly lighter just because you're aware there. yeah yeah is it nice there that must be quite
0: kind of bonding right it's lovely
2: like, it's really nice, you know, obviously, sometimes you're woken up by a baby that's crying, but sometimes, she, you know, she'll just wake up... But and that happens anyway. ...before she... Yeah, it does. But before she... Yeah, and also, you don't have to get out of bed to do something, which I think is... Yeah. My, I, weirdly, it, it ties in with my laziness really well.
1: Because the cots, you're supposed to... if they are in a cot, it's supposed to be in the bedroom with you for the first six months anyway, they say, don't yeah. they? So, like, it's only just... Like different position in it, but so you say quite hippieish. What what other stuff are you doing? Would you say the last five months has been a little bit alternative to what would be
0: sort more of a Uh, not. Let's see, this as a companion piece for the Russell Kane podcast. (laughs) 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 Why, what's Russell? Russell Oh my
1: god, (laughs) sleep
0: training, that sort of stuff. Really, he got to go. I think you're not cut from the same cloth. I'm gonna say Russell
1: Kane got his kid to sleep through the night before it was born. Right, <laughs> it won't even kick it in the womb. <laughs> He's just very militant with it, and and put yeah, that, Russell's so chilled about everything
2: else, isn't he? <laughs> Such a laid back
0: sort,
2: yeah. So, I'm trying to think what other hippie things yeah. we do. So, we're no, we're no dummies, no dummies. Um, yeah. uh, we've been doing Oh, what else have we been doing? There's loads of stuff. But I've forgotten all of it. So you're, you're... Oh, we've not we've not been using a pram at all. It's all been carried, like, oh, all wow. all in a carrier. carrier really? Yeah, we've got pram. I bought a big vintage pram, and we took her out in it a couple of times early doors. But I just much prefer having her in the carrier.
1: Yeah. Do, do you find you said she's getting bored and stuff? But I, I found um, either the carrier or like buggies facing forward when they're a bit older. I they love that because they can just sort of see the world see what's going
2: yeah on. I mean she's still she's only just at the size where she can she can face outwards oh, right. in the carrier but like she just I just find I don't know I, it's more I'd say this one's more for me but it's I just yeah. like I find that the the hand freedom of just having a having the baby
0: in your chest you can just do what you want yeah yeah exactly no, that's nice because I've got a very low body temperature <laughs> <laughs> like or or high whatever. I'm very like I I never need to wear a coat, but I get very hot very easily. Yeah, and I found the strap two baby was like me wearing a like I can't wear a, I can't wear a woolly jumper because I get too yeah. hot. So the strap two body heat of a baby was too much for me. It is it, it does get hot. I will <laughs> say that
2: we bought a mesh one like the mesh, it's got a mesh outer thing, so it does give some uh, ventilation. So it but it does yeah it's hot sometimes in the summer when I was wearing it. Like, you know, I would take off the carrier, take her out of it, and I would have a baby-shaped, like, sweat patch on my chair.
0: Oh, yeah. That's a real commitment. That's good. That's good dad points, that is. So you're five months now. What are we in now? October. So in many ways, people go, oh, my God, you had a baby in lockdown. But to me, that's the dream time to be... Having a baby because you are locked down anyway—is that a fair analysis?
2: Yeah, I I thought it was the best. It was the best timing in terms of it gave us a lovely distraction. You know, just in that when everything locked down, we were going into that sort of nesting phase where you start getting everything prepped. And obviously, nowadays you can order everything online, so it was getting the place ready, working out where everything's going to go, getting it ordered. And then, and just relaxing, you know, my wife basically got three months to put her feet up and watch Netflix and really relax and get sleep. And, you know, when the baby came along, she was ready to go. And then once the baby came along, there was nothing else going on. So we could just spend the first few months just.
1: And you never would have been able to have that much time off, like with the gigs and stuff, like you'd be traveling around the country touring and doing shows. I planned a good few, I planned
2: like about, you know, three or four weeks off. Without doing any gigs, even like London stuff, yeah. and then I was planning on going back to normal, really. But yeah, I definitely would have had weekends where I'm off in Glasgow or something. Yeah,
1: that's really puts a strain, doesn't it, when you're doing it on your own? Yeah,
2: well, I would have felt really. Yeah, I would have felt really bad. I think as well, just knowing that. Especially during this period, it's you know, in the early days it is much. The nights are interrupted and you know, I, I think me just being away just doing a gig and then getting on the beers and yeah, carving something.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
2: and lying about it on text, going, no, yeah, I'm just, you know, we're having one beer backstage
0: and I mean like the casino at two in the morning. Are you are you finding though that you like the thought now? So you you said before that you did Birmingham Glee on Saturday. Yes. And that thought—you're going. I've got a hotel, and I've got you've got a bed to yourself rather than three people in the bed. Well, I did. I actually came back. I got a, I got a lift
2: back to London with one of the other acts again. I just that I, as yeah, I'm not ready to not to ready do a night away. It, don't get me wrong. It weirdly though, what I've, I've really this is going to sound worse than it is, but I've really grown to appreciate an afternoon beer <laughs> since I'm <having> a <the> baby. <laughs> just you know with our, yeah again with like some of the nct group we've had a little sort of afternoon in the summer it was lovely like little barbecues where you know you, you having a having a sort of end time for drinking of like 7 p.m when the babies want when you want to start putting them to bed it's a lovely end
0: oh i find that tough i i find the hangover kicking on in the evening really tough you only have to have a couple i don't think he's gone to sambucas at 3 p.m yeah, but I've misjudged
1: it. I've had
2: a couple. I did have a couple of days when, you know, it was it was in a period of adjustment. I used to be a real if I've had once I have one drink, it's like that is me. Up until six AM, I'm gonna be last man standing. But like that adjustment to being able to just have three or four drinks in an afternoon, yeah. like, a couple of times I slightly overshot the green. Don't get me wrong.
0: <laughs> I just but, it. <laughs>
2: the the old Roger Bannister. But.
0: You heard of Jonathan Edwards. <laughs>
2: I watched a great documentary about Jonathan Edwards and oh, his really? world record. It was oh, I'd like to watch that. That, that, is a
0: little... a, that is the
1: exact kind of thing someone that's, that's got a baby on them in the middle of the night would say. <laughs> like, I'll put this on. <laughs> this is good. I definitely would have watched this if I didn't have kids. I
2: I've, I've, had, I've I really found my viewing habits have changed. Like In the daytime, if I ever had time and I wanted to watch something, it would normally be something like you know the walking dead or some quite violent show yeah now during the day when obviously i'm entertaining a baby you know even if she's asleep i just can't bring myself to put anything violent on i end up just watching really
1: twee rubbish well yeah could you just sort of think well i don't really understand it but surely just the imagery of a zombie getting stabbed with an <laughs> axe oh, it, it, it might, it's definitely not going to do good it may <laughs> not be doing bad and how did you find the um the labour and stuff? Because you're quite zen and quite chilled, but obviously that's such a stressful situation. How, how did you find it? I mean, it was the
2: most intense thing I've ever been through. But it was really chilled up to a point. Like we'd really planned it. Like my wife was really sort of certain she was going to have a natural birth. Mm. So she got they mentioned inducing her and she absolutely just refused and it was just, it should, it had been planned. But then the last few weeks before uh, the labor, like she, she was two and a half weeks early. But her my wife's platelets dropped, which is a blood thing that can happen quite, it's quite common in pregnancy. And basically, we got told we weren't going to be allowed to use the birth center. Mm. So they said, you know, you're going to be on a ward. And in my head, when they said ward, I thought that's going to be like born every minute, whatever it is, you know, like one born every minute, where it's like really, they make like, wards look horrendous i think those documentaries yeah yeah. like just really badly like i hate hate that
1: show because they're making it for telly even if there's not been anything horrible happening or stressful happening they'll just edit in the way like it looked like it has and i think it's an unfair representation of what's going on they make it look really stressful you know and
2: obviously they're only cut into it now and each person now and again it's just during the stressful bits they're not really cut into them when they're you know in between contractions and they're feeling all right and they're having a cup of tea but we got there, and when my wife's water broke, and my wife, like, I couldn't believe it. It was a Saturday morning. It was really early, so we didn't think it was the labour. And then she started saying, I'm feeling a bit weird. And then over the next hour, she was like, I'm having, I think it could be contractions, but it might be them. What are them
0: fake ones? Did, they you, Tor, I, did you think that, because it was a Saturday morning, she hadn't gone into labour? That's what...
2: Saturday morning. i on, yeah. not on
0: a Saturday. She oh.
2: will not go into labour until she's got Sunday brunch. I'm sorry. <laughs> I will not have that. I said, Do you know what? This is how hippie we are. i have I, I've quite almost embarrassed saying this, but um, when they mentioned about inducing my wife and she refused, that was like three weeks before the due date. My wife was like, I'm not having that. I'm going to make sure that this baby comes before the due date. And the night before, this is absolutely true, this is the Friday night in question, um, it was a full moon. My wife went out and did some bloody weird full moon ritual in the garden where she lit candles and made like... You Know what's it, what's it called? And you sort of,
0: I don't know if Rob's going to be able to uh, help you out with this. You
2: come and you guys know about Wiccan Reed, don't you? Oh,
1: well, last time I did my full moon wizard party, I um, did a couple of fireworks, <laughs> but that's just because I like fireworks. <laughs> but,
2: um, but she went out and did this thing, and I went out and did you know, sort of lit some candles with her and all that. I didn't really know what was going on, and then um, basically. That was the night before and then we went to bed and the baby came along in the morning. So there's got to be something to it.
0: I'd say that sample size is not enough, Carl.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you, uh, you probably believe the mainstream media
1: yeah. to... <laughs> I mean my heart says moon power my head says coincidence but if that happened you know uh, after being pregnant for three months maybe but, um, yeah. two weeks before the due date
2: All right. what I'm saying is it, yeah. she might have just it might have just been her willing it to happen you know body started
1: yeah. but, did, um... they did have a curry and sex after the moon pie. <laughs> yeah. but who knows who knows what it could have been uh,
2: uh, but then, yeah, when we got to the hospital, uh, basically, uh, yeah, she said she thought she was having contractions, and this went on for a bit. And it got to a point where she was like, r- "I really think it is." And I downloaded an app to time the contractions. And the first mm. time I timed them for about two minutes, the app said, uh, "You are in labor. Go to the hospital." <gasps> oh <I'm> no! <laughs> oh, and we wow. went to the hospital, and my my wife was still like, "Yeah, you know, they're pretty strong," but she was
0: Could not it just. Say, in 12 hours, you really swung from a moon party to <laughs> downloading an app to time the <laughs> contraction. Yeah,
1: that's such <laughs> a <bunch of> hippie.
2: <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'll, I'll tell you a bit. Once we get to the birth, I'll tell you how you're a hippie. Up, and you can be the biggest hippie in the world. The moment things get real, you, just, you would do anything, mate. I would have, I'm a vegan. I would have sacrificed a goat if they had have said I had to to get that baby out. But, uh, we, yeah, when we got to the hospital, they, they did a quick check and she was five centimeters dilated, which is, you know, pretty much you're in labor. Yes. And then yeah. luckily, though, they, they said, oh, we've got a really, we've got the biggest room on the ward. We went into it and it was, it was basically a birthing suite had a pool. It had a lighting system oh, wow. that changed colors. Oh, so it like, had this wow. change in about light MCB system. Cribs. Yeah, it was. It was lovely. So I would set up my, um, my speaker and I had a playlist that was about two days long, ready to go. And it was all hippie meditation music. And for about six hours, we just sat in there listening to that. And my wife just had contractions. She was really chilled with it, no problems. And it was really nice. It was a really relaxing afternoon. And then finally, basically, once her waters broke, it just all went, you know, went that's when it goes so crazy. that yeah. To be honest, I don't remember what was on the playlist at that point. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and yeah, and then it ended up sort of within an hour, she was... The plan was, you know, no intervention, but she ended up, you know, in the stirrups and they had to sort of work to get it out because the baby sort of wouldn't turn the corner, which I don't know what that means. It sounds more like it's having some emotional problems, but... Yeah. (laughs) Stop drinking, but he still goes to the pub. (laughs) But he has really turned the corner.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: So yeah, that once that happened, it was uh, it just yeah, it was quite quick, and then the baby was out, and then we got a few hours uh, when I could stay, but then that, because of restrictions, she had to stay in, and yeah, I was cut, yeah. I was carted off home, and then I they also kept her in the next day, and I wasn't allowed to visit, so that was a bit brutal.
1: Oh. what did you do? Golf. Uh, do
2: you know what i actually did i played um fifa on the xbox with my mates online uh, because Aww. i needed i needed a distraction really i think they knew just yeah. The yeah. keep me company
0: once again you're only a hippie so far aren't you Carl? of course <laughs> a hippie with wi-fi here's
2: um i'll tell you a funny one though um they uh, we they asked um in the evening on the saturday like the baby had been born about an hour before and they said "Do you want to keep the placenta and we both naturally well yeah we both went yeah we didn't know what to do with it or anything (laughs) but we said yeah we'll have it and then um they put it in a tupperware for you which is quite nice and i brought it home the saturday night i got home about midnight and i went to put it in the freezer and the freezer was full right so there was no room in the freezer and all in the bottom drawer i've got this big bag full of vegetable scraps that i i I make vegetable stock out of about once every month and um I, I thought, I need, well, I need to make room for the, um, for the placenta. So at, at quarter past 12, the night of my daughter's birth, I found myself making vegetable stock <laughs> <laughs> to make room for a placenta.
1: Well, um, what, what, what are you going to do with it? Is it still in there?
2: It is still in there. It's actually weirdly today. I'm defrosting the freezer. So I've got it in a cold box today. Oh, uh, just surrounded. You, my you can get pills. it made into pills, can't you? Which are going to be really good to take. Yeah, you can do pills. You can have it made into jewelry, which I will say is the worst looking jewelry I've ever seen. <laughs> um, you can. They say that some people plant it under trees, which I don't think is good for a tree. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you know, there's like there's weird. So we haven't decided what we're doing with it yet. Oh, Maybe wow. just keep it on ice forever and.
1: And uh, you're, um, you're you're vegan. I don't know if your wife's a vegan. Is your wife a vegan she as well? She is. Yeah, she is. So, what, are you going to uh, raise your uh, child vegan?
2: I, I think. Well, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because, like, naturally, I think we will. Mm. Yeah, but also of what you're eating and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, it'd be weird if we were making a you know a vegetable dal or a lentil dal and suddenly f- frying her up some chops.
1: Yeah, but they. F- <laughs> <laughs> they, 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 they fucking love fish fingers.
2: Oh, really? Yeah. chicken
1: dippers. Like, I don't even really, we don't even really eat them, but they just, for some reason, they end up eating
0: them. Yeah, I suppose it's weird, that. I'm vegetarian, but my wife is, like, basically vegetarian by definition, if you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. just by living with me. And, I mean, I don't know what she, what she eats when I'm not there. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> bring in the cow. But, like, <laughs> but, um, she, she loves fish fingers, my daughter. But I don't know whether she'll, you know, I think she'll probably just kind of ease into, you know, eating the same as us. I really. think so. Right? But I mean, we're not going to, we're not, we're not
2: strict. Like we're strict with ourselves in terms of yeah. veganism. Like in turn, by what I mean, you know, I've, I don't go near any meat or anything, but if other people do, I've got, most of my friends, if they come around for a barbecue at mine or something, I'm always saying, look, if you want to bring some meat and chuck it on the barbecue, I'll make and a little. fuck <laughs>
1: off. <laughs> <and then laughs> He's you murdering your bastard. <laughs>
2: But, um, but no, I you know I'm pretty chilled about it all. Yeah. So I think if you know when she's of an age where you know, imagine she goes to a friend's house and eats some meat product. I'm not going to yeah. be I'm not going to be calling up the parent in you know hysterics. I think yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that's the thing. isn't it, I think if, if you if anyone that's too shook the kid over anything, whether it's drinking or like, veganism or anything, the kid just wants to go against it. So you know it's
2: hundred I mean? percent. So yeah, I think we'll just let her be. You know, but it, yeah, when we cook, it, it'll always be you know some really bad vegan food that <laughs> she'll hate what's
1: what's weird is carl because you, you know you're you are i know giving you like take the Mickey about like sort of having the internet and stuff being a hippie but you are like i'd say you're, you're sort of very into that sort of alternative stuff and you know being vegan and stuff and all the different things you do but like growing up i think you and i probably have very similar backgrounds in like quite sort of tough working class families in yeah. south london and i'd say that what your way you live now and the way that you're Dogs will live will be the complete opposite of how you were brought oh, up. Absolutely,
2: like my parents couldn't. You know, they can't. They can't. They like cannot understand my lifestyle. You know, when I went vegan, my mum still doesn't know what it is. Really, she keeps <laughs> asking. You always ask me if tuna is vegan. That's like a regular <laughs> question. <laughs> but it also just a way of you know, yeah, my, my parents were old-fashioned working-class Irish people, and like you know, they their way of parenting and everything, everything they did, i and not in a horrible way, but I'm. I'm really conscious to try and do it in a much more um, a way. modern. No, no, way. Like you, you know, my mum will try and give. Like, my, she's really bad with my brother. Actually, um, like she's always trying to give my brother parenting advice, mm. and like, you know, sort of me and my brother sort of look at each other and like, I don't think she's in a position. Like we we know what her parenting skills were like because we were there. <laughs> 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 we saw them firsthand and have learned uh, from their mistakes. So, what kind of parenting
0: were you? Did you grow up with Carl?
2: Well, they were just um, quite. You know, it's not their own fault. My my dad, I don't think, was a particularly uh, what's the word, natural dad. You know, he was old. He was forty three when I was born, so there was no, there was no, and he was he just, he's uncomfortable around kids. So like, which is awkward when you've got two of them. So <laughs> like, we never played with. It. I never, I don't remember once ever playing with my dad. You know, what I mean, he was just. I think yeah. he waited until I was in my teens and we could hold a conversation before he actually learned to communicate. And there was never like he's never he's never been very loving or yeah you know, he's just naturally an old fashioned bloke. Do you know what I mean? He yeah, just sits yeah. in the corner and sort of grunts now and again and watch just constantly watches telly. And my yeah. mum is quite a neurotic Irish woman who's very you know When I say neurotic, I mean to a, a pathological level. <laughs> so she was always so stressed and anxious about everything that that sort of you had to. I know me and my brothers I definitely just sort of went our own way. Quite, we were quite independent from a young age because we were like, I don't think, I think we've outgrown these people <laughs> Like yeah. by our early teens. So we just went off and, you know, did our own thing.
1: Because you've always been quite grown up, haven't you? I'd say like, I mean, I, I never knew you as a teenager, but I've known you for the like, last like, 10, 12 years. Yeah. Comedy, but I think you've always been sort of, even when you were young on the comedy circuit, you was almost like an elder statesman, the grown up, like the older brother of everyone. And you've always sort of been older than your years, I I've think. I've always
2: it? felt older. Like, I remember, I remember I started cooking my own dinners when I was at home when I was about 12 because I didn't like my mum's cooking, which is, I think, looking and back, power play. that is rude, isn't it? Like, <laughs> at the time, I think I thought I, it's just, it'll take the load off her, you know, she, so she doesn't have to stress and, you know, and I can cook myself what I want to cook. And I learned to cook from doing that. But looking back, I do think that is, I'd take yeah. it personally. If, my daughter when she's 12 go look you take a night off mate i'll cook myself. (laughs) yeah
1: i'm not (laughs) in that shit again Um, so do you think though there's because this is something i've sort of read up upon where if you were parented in a certain way you'll sort of almost try and counteract that with your own child and whereas you were maybe left your own devices and to be a grown-up quite early on do you think there might be a danger that you may not um like overcompensate, not smother your daughter, but like, are you wary that you maybe t- do too much for her, and yeah. then that way she gets a bit money coddled?
2: Definitely. I mean, there is, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty certain I'm gonna probably veer too far that way because I, I, and it's mainly because I want, I want her to grow up and like me and trust me and actually be able to go to me. You're,
0: n- You're desperate, mate.
1: <laughs> Get me the guitar and the cowboy hat. Let's go. <laughs> love me, love me, love me. <laughs>
2: i think it's it's quite as almost a sad point to it but i want her to i want to i want her to like me when she's older and go to me if or, or feel like she can come to me if she's got problems or you know i've never i would never go to my parents if i had a problem i'd go to my mates i've got mates who i'd go to way before my parents but mm. like, i've never asked mm. them for anything and it's that's not it's not just because of their financial situation and the fact they haven't got any money and things like that it's more just I wouldn't go for the, to them for emotional advice or yeah. anything really just because I think I was always like ah, oh, that's not really their forte where so I want to be able to at least offer that to my child so she if she's ever in dire straits or whatever she can actually come to me not just think well I need to go through my whatsapp
0: list to see who else I can ask would you find that you parent in a different way to your parents Rob um, not many people know that uh, Russell Kane was brought up on a hippie commune <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know really I, I, I'm not yet really I, I think it's more when we, we were treated like You go out and you get a job type thing at like six. I always work from like 14 and stuff. And not that I want my kids not to have sort of that same work ethic, but I I think the the proof will be more with the teenagers. So it's just trying to find that balance of I don't want to go too far one way or one too far the other, but it's just trying to get that the right balance of yeah, go out and work because you need to work to get money. But also, I think that instilled a fear in me of like, oh my God, we need money, we need money type thing rather than. It sort yeah. of being a bit more relaxed about yeah you go to it you get some money but that's not the be all and end all and i think yeah that's why some people from working class backgrounds can get consumed by the earning of money yeah. and and getting the rolex or the, the flash car or that to prove that you've got the money so you've got the money it's all going to be okay but actually you're, you're sort of running on a on a subconscious level of fear that it's all going to go away the whole time so it's yeah. it, and and it, that work ethic they instilled in me was brilliant and really helped me in my career however I, you want to try and make sure it's not too ingrained that it defines you and then you never stop to relax and go it'll be okay we'll get on yeah. whatever happens do you know what I mean so I think that's why it's interesting with Carl and Carl's gone you know I'm a bit sort of hip like hippie and arty farty to my family but Carl has gone
0: even beyond <laughs> with sort of the I gu- the love that I love that you are hippieish and arty, party to your family. That is, that is absolutely <laughs> Man, nobody amazing. Paints
2: a picture of your family
0: mate, in our <laughs> mind.
1: <laughs> it's meant on it, but then, but they like
0: you, you so, bloody is old Jim Morrison walking in. <laughs> <laughs> my
2: dad, um, I drove my my parents up to see my brother. This was just before lockdown, and my brother lives in Nottingham. And I took my parents and my aunt Ginny. And, like my pet my mum, and her sat in the back, just talking incessantly, like as old women do, where they just commentate on everything that happens.
1: And
2: they're all Uh, in the baby carrier, yeah? uh, yeah. All in the front of the chest. No car, no pram. At one point, I I overheard them that we went past one of them big wind turbines. And I just heard my mum go, Jesus, Ginny, look at the size of that. Like that, right? And then we went past another one about three minutes later. And she went, I know I said it before, but Jesus, would you look at the size of it? (laughs) She just kept commentating on every wind turbine we went past. (laughs) And then my dad, this this is what my dad's like. My dad got in the car when I picked them up. And I was listening to meditation music. It was just like, whoa and uh, my dad sat down and just asked are you, goes, are you listening to
0: hoovering <laughs> that's what I've had to deal with my whole life do you because you're very kind of relaxed as a person yes and parenting is arguably the least relaxing pursuit you know at times do you find when you're woken up at 2am or when you're struggling to do something is it difficult to remain zen for want of a better word uh not so far i've been pretty good i genuinely
2: would say yesterday when she was having she had probably the most neurotic day she's had since she was born you know when i mean and what i mean by that is when their first few weeks they literally don't know what they're doing do they? they're they just yeah. a ball of noise and they're, they're just they're so new to the world but so i think then you can it doesn't really matter if they're crying because you totally understand that they to them it must be terrifying to come out into the world but you know, since she's become much more aware and fun and laughy and giggly, like she's actually been really, she's a really chilled out baby. And then y- yesterday was the first time she was pretty much nonstop, quite difficult all day, and that's the closest I've got to uh, like to not being able to just sort of contextualise it and go, oh, "It's fine, she's a baby." Do you know, I mean, that's what I'm. Quite, yeah, I read. I don't know if you did it, but I read a lot of books while my wife was pregnant. I thought I just, you know, I've got enough time. I'll just do the reading and during lockdown. And, you know, just at the start of the year, we were traveling, we went over to Australia and stuff. So I had a lot of time to read. And I read a lot of parenting books and child psychology books. And I think I just got, I really tried to drill into myself to never, ever think that the baby is doing it to annoy you. That's what I think a lot of parents get into that mind frame of when a baby, especially once they get to about four or five months when they become a bit more conscious people think they're trying to manipulate you or they're trying to do they know what they're doing they're they're really needling you and it's not true they're not they're not (laughs) developed enough to understand that but at this point five months in i'm still whenever she's crying or in you know i always think of it i put myself in her position and go look she's just of course she's upset she's five four and a half months old and there's just been a loud noise or whatever something obviously is causing me yeah so I'm, i'm at the minute i'm yeah, but still, chilled there's about still, it.
1: There's a still inside you, the little oik from Tooting, Carl, that surely at some point goes, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, a
2: little bit. <laughs> it never erupts. Well, do you know what? The thing that keeps annoying me is because uh, I've, I've I've coped with the tiredness really well. So has my wife. And considering she's breastfeeding still for, through the night, like it's unbelievable how she, well she's dealt with it. But I've realised I'm mentally relatively normal. I don't feel exhausted But I think that's because I'm diverting all my energy to my brain. My body, I'm the clumsiest I've ever been. I knock everything over. And my wife just hears me throughout the day. Every half an hour, knock something over and go, shit, like in the upper room. (laughs) Shit. That's all you can hear just around the house throughout the day. So, yeah, I definitely – I think I still get annoyed about that level yeah. of clumsiness. But in terms of the emotional side, as, yeah, I'm, I've somehow managed to maintain this sort of zen. Yeah.
1: And um, when are you planning on moving uh, the, the baby out of the bedroom, like into their own room? Have you got a plan for that or are you just going to see how it goes?
2: Yeah, we're just going to see how it goes. I think, yeah, we haven't actually bought a cot yet. Uh, so, which is quite five months in if we've not bought a cot. Uh, but we um, we are looking at one. So, we're going to get one of them probably when she's about six months and start – Seeing if she wants to maybe have her own space and that, and that's very much baby-led.
1: <laughs> yeah, just have a quick discussion with her. If her
2: first words are seriously, can I not sleep somewhere else? <laughs> <laughs> <You're> <laughs> bloody annoying.
1: Let me have my own bed. Get off me! It's got breathing on me, Dad. And why do you wear the cowboy hat to bed? It's weird.
2: <laughs> oh, do you know what this is? Gross. But um, I think I've, I've, I've in the last couple of weeks I think I've developed sympathy nappy rash. With my uh, daughter, oh my
1: gosh. this is where the hippie stats come in now. For this, well,
2: well because i I'm, I'm a naked, I've, I've always been a naked sleeper, right? For like, well, not always. For the last decade, I've never slept yeah. in any layers whatsoever. I hate it.
1: What but, was the turning point, really? Because I've always been uh, a naked sleeper, but it's only in the last ten years. Was there a turning point? Just Dick was too hot? Well, oh, been, I don't
2: know. well, when the, she came along and she was in the bed, I felt a bit. I don't know. I felt a little bit grotty with just yes. having my yeah. willy flapping around next to her. <laughs> So I thought I've got to put a layer on. How
0: far down is she sleeping?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's why they're calling the wind turbine. Oh, look at the size of that.
2: <laughs> as she grow as she grows, I don't want I don't want that to be like the barometer the day she she sort of her foot just touches my knob. <laughs> oh, I don't yeah. want to Disgusting. So like, I just I thought, do you know what? Out of you know, just out of some level of and also because you're up and about a lot in the night. Yeah. I thought it's good to at least have a layer on in the night time if you you know, going to, walking around the house and stuff. So I, I started wearing a layer, basically a box of shorts in bed. And because I haven't worn it for so many years, i basically got nappy rash because it's too warm. Oh, and wow. my, my bits and pieces are used to having air.
0: Oh, wow. So you're having to put on the same stuff as her? Are you well, both lying there and putting on your, <laughs> I do your what poor I do wife? wife. Got- <laughs> <laughs> <I've>
1: got- <laughs> Legs up, let's go, both of you. Do <laughs> the I- cream all round, going through tubs of it.
2: We got given a cream by a friend who sent, like, a lovely hamper of, like, goodies. And one of the creams – and she's, like, a hippie. She's still she's still got her – she's got, like, two grown-up daughters, and she's still got the placenta um, for them. But um, she – one of the creams was, like, this calendula hippie cream. And I put it on Twyla one day, and she cried the house down. It was like I'd put acid on her. And then I just thought, oh, I don't know, maybe she's allergic to it or something. I went back to the other stuff I was using that she really likes. And then uh, when I first started getting a nappy rash, I put the calendula cream on it and it stings like anything, mate. It's like like (laughs) squeezing lemon juice on it or something. What sort of rubbish? I wonder, I'd rather, rather, again, this is where you you draw the line. You can be a hippie all you want. The moment it's a natural thing that stings, you're like, give me the. Give me the thing with 800 ingredients, but most of them are numbers.
1: I don't know why this needs crushed up bones in it, but it works. <laughs> I'm going to wipe it on my arse.
2: <laughs> have you heard about, I, well, my wife read a book about it, and it was it's about, about um, how you can potty train from birth. Have you heard about that?
1: Catherine Ryan thinks this as well, you can potty train early doors. I
2: think it was her that might, I think my wife might have heard Catherine
0: mention it. This is the least Carl Donnelly thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> <laughs> 42 minutes in, the interview's taken a real turn um but apparently you can put them on the naughty
2: step from one week apparently (laughs) (laughs) no but by potty train i don't mean like you've got to make them go on a potty what what it is is like basically the theory goes babies don't want to piss and shit themselves no one wants to right and it's actually we train them to do that by putting a nappy on them and giving them the option i suppose if like if you wore a nappy for two weeks i reckon there's no coming back right
0: even as an old adult well it sounds like a test we could do rob (laughs) if you're up for it and we all need content I I think that's got comic relief written all over it. (laughs) David Williams does his swim and rob wears a nappy for two weeks.
2: Um, But yeah, the theory is that basically they only do that because we let them and train them to do it. So actually the natural thing is if you you know, if if you start learning their cues when they're gonna do it and then you just hold them over the toilet or hold them over a potty and then just they naturally progress. To just do it naturally, but we tried it a couple of times and yeah. got
0: piss on our sofa. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, like I'm, I'm going to say it. it's difficult to pick up on the "I need a piss" cues of a one week old.
2: <laughs> really? I think the, the the piss cue I think is much easier than the, when they're going to shit themselves. I've, I've noticed oh, yeah. like my daughter has a sort of thousand yard stare when she when she's about to do a piss. Right, like it's yeah. a proper. You know, she looks like she's going through some shit. Like, you look off into the distance, like she's remembering an old friend who's passed.
1: (laughs) Are you still getting those horrendous, like, yellow shits that go all up their back that you just think, how can this much come out of a kid? Yeah. And it goes through, like, their jumper. You're like, oh, my God.
2: because, weirdly, she... Because she's 100% breastfed. We've not given her. She's had nothing else. She's And uh, so that means she doesn't shit that often currently. Oh, okay. She did all the time, and then... When they get normally exclusively breastfed babies, when they get to about four months, they start stretching out. Like, the first time it stretches out is terrifying. We went six days without one. Oh my God. And it's totally natural. Where'd that you go? Not- Glass <laughs> 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 uh, but, but that meant that it was a ticking time bomb. We knew that when it oh. happens, it's going to be a catastrophe. Oh. And it was just, I mean, it was mayhem when it happened. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just everywhere it was i mean every item of clo- i think those the clothes ended up going in the bin because we tried washing them twice and it just wouldn't come out it was that thick and oh, wow. the texture yeah. changed and it was oh it was bad
1: yeah we were using reusable nappies but she shit so much we had to throw <laughs> clothes away every time she had, a shit.
0: <laughs> had to have a bonfire afterwards <laughs>
1: um rob yes
0: do you want to ask your favorite question
1: yeah, it's my favourite question, um, Carl. Basically, and this is your opportunity now, if there's a way that your wife's parenting that it annoys you and you want to say something but you've not found the right time without it kicking off between you, is there something that she does that grates on you that you'd like to get off your chest now? So if she did
0: hear it back, you could have a conversation. So, for instance, Matthew Crosby was um, quite angry that Charlie put those, those bibs, the, the kind of coat bib things, that she hung them on the, the tap in the sink but he'd not he'd not got the guts (laughs) to tell her
2: um let me think well weirdly mine is it's not i'm not annoyed about it let's just let's just start with that
1: that's always a great caveat to put in when you are (laughs) just to cover yourself but
2: imagine it was really big now it's like actually i think the way she talks to me yeah
0: yeah. i would Um, argue
1: i would argue if it didn't annoy you you wouldn't have one
0: as quick but that's just what i think
1: that's fine you know i'm not
0: annoyed about it but that affair she's having and not telling me about (laughs) it's really
1: it's really grating on my confidence (laughs)
2: Um, no, it's, there's almost, I'd say there's, there's nothing, but if I had to try and find something, it's, Oh yeah, um,
1: we're forcing, you now. we're really, you know, ready, you know.
2: Yeah. um, it would probably be, um, the, what well, it's, I'll tell you what it is. It's the, it's the muslins left around the house. Basically, I'm, I'm, it's, this has been one of the, the biggest transitional things. I'm very neat. I like, a, oh, I, like, yeah. I, like a, I like a very tidy. No, because I like, you know, I just, I don't like things being left around. Yeah, I mean yeah. an empty cup. Yeah, it doesn't. It, it's not like an annoy. I don't get annoyed about it, but I just don't understand why if there's a cup on the table, you couldn't just put it in the sink or in the dishwasher. So I've, you know, but I've had to get used to the fact there's a lot of stuff around just because you went. That's what happens yeah. when baby comes on. But just, I just constantly find muslins everywhere. Just ev- that's everywhere used because like, obviously, you know, and it, I, I can't criticize her for it because she's. You know, up at all hours of the night. She needs them just around everywhere. But for me, I just I'm like, you know, you could have you could have just put it back in the in the
0: bedroom,
1: <laughs> <laughs> in the in drawer or the dirty washing bin. Either or.
0: <laughs> it's only going to get worse because I thought for the first six months, I thought we're just very tidy parents. Yes, we're just very tidy. No, there's not toys everywhere, but of course there wasn't toys everywhere because she couldn't walk around throwing toys everywhere yeah yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> i once when i was on tour put my tour jeans on and as i put my leg for it a muslin came out the end that had been in the jeans <laughs> <laughs> i've been heckled from home your tour
2: jeans what well, is like
1: that well, like, well, I've, I've got an outfit I wear so because uh, to make it easier, I've like an outfit I wear on stage, right? That I just hang up in the corner, so whenever oh, okay. I go, I just grab that, right? But somehow, even in the madness, it got in my jeans the must and I actually performed once with it, like, it was like the back of the leg, and I was like, That's so weird, I think it's a stock or something, and I'd get up and I pulled it out. <laughs> but I'm sort of being a muslin, so we'll 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 try and get that fed back to to her, Carl, and then she can always come okay, in here and cool. complain about you. What do you reckon she should say about you?
2: I would say me. It would be I always forget to empty the nappy bin. We've oh, got nappy yeah, bin. that is I'm really bad at. And again, this comes from almost the sort of clumsiness I currently have. I just I'm constantly forgetting to do physical things around the house just you know because all my brain power is going to actually looking after the baby my chore doing i definitely think has taken a hit
1: have you found how are you on stage are you still remembering the routines and it's all are you distracted or you find it as a good like a nice mental break weirdly
2: when i'm doing a set i feel like i'm i've not lost any mental power whatsoever i feel like i'm actually i I can do that and i can think through an idea and do a routine i've when i've I've compared a couple of times i've been rubbish like (laughs) You know, like, sort of, I, I think I, 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 I've I, always thought I'm a good compare. I think I'm quite quick. And yeah, I, you, know, I can, you
1: definitely are. Obviously, you do really well.
2: But I, yeah, I, I've done a couple of gigs where I've compared and I've got nothing, man. Like I'll just yeah. ask somebody That's in the That's the time
1: creeping in, isn't it?
2: Oh, I'm bad. And I don't even realise it. You know, you just, you know, when you find yourself just having, yeah, when you're on stage sometimes and you're not on firing on all cylinders and you start having a bit of banter. And, yeah. and about two minutes later you realise you're just having a conversation
0: <laughs> it's just nice <laughs> to talk to someone sometimes we've, been that, we've
1: become those comics that when we started out we used to look at the older blokes so and be like oh look at that oh, he's God, got nothing yeah. going little did we know that poor fucker hadn't had enough sleep he's
2: just yeah. trying to
1: get through with some Brokeback Mountain check shirt <laughs> stuff <laughs>
2: Or, or, or do that amazing thing where they'd criticise the person for being boring. It's like, hang on. Oh, yeah. the, the responsibilities to make it funny does lie with you, mate. Yeah.
1: That's not- <laughs> of course he's boring. That's why he's paid 18 quid to come and watch you. <laughs> <laughs> and he wants a refund. <laughs> um, oh, cheers, Carl. That's been brilliant. Thank it's you
0: so much. It's been absolutely absolute Carl. pleasure. Thank you very much, Carl. So much and um, you. The two people we've had on that said um that they read a lot of books in the build-up were you and Russell Kane. So I'd love to see the uh, Venn diagram of those libraries. Yeah, but to be honest, I reckon I read some of the ones he did. I read, I, I
2: actively read some of the ones I thought I'd disagree with. Like there's a very famous one called "Why French Children Don't Throw Food," which is excellent. But I, you know, it's a way of it talks about the French way of parenting, which is very much. They, you get them on to your schedule as quick as possible, rather than the other way around.
1: He read that book, going, "This is the one," and you were going, "God, check out these guys!" Yeah, vice versa.
2: Guys, it's a baby for Christ's sake. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's, I recommend. I recommend doing the reading for any prospective. What would be your three books to read? I, my, my my favorite ones. I read a few of them actually. He's got. There's a guy called Oliver James, who's a child psychologist. He wrote a famous one called. Um, they fuck you up which is about your parents so it talks about how your parents influence you and he yeah. wrote a follow-up called how not to fuck them up which is about children and like how you should and he's, he's a big purveyor of just you know you've got to do they're a baby you're an adult don't ever act like they have the same sort of cognitive ability as you you've always got to accept that they're gonna cry they're gonna do all this and it's more about just, just try and give them as everything they want for at least the first three years, you know, just so they don't develop quite serious detachment issues and things like that. So some of the stuff he says is quite worrying. Things you can do to when a two your child's two that they'll really pick up on and might develop into some weird fetish when they're older, oh, you know. What I mean? So, but I found that the most them two the most interesting, and that friend, the friend, why French kids don't throw food, I just found really fascinating because you forget that different countries even as close as france have such a different view of parenting than we yeah. do so yeah them three would be like would my favorite ones
0: thanks carl it's been great thanks carl brilliant cheers. cheers mate cheers guys carl donnelly there the the working man's hippie the working man's hippie i think you've got the range of hippie from carl on one end to you on the other to me kind of halfway between the two of you
1: well i mean i yeah, I, I meditate but i'd never listen to
0: the soundtrack in the car Listening to the soundtrack in the car is, and I don't, didn't want to say this to his face, fucking unhinged. <laughs> and also, you know that's going to cause an argument with your dad when he gets in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. If you're thinking, well, we're a bit different me and my dad, I'll just pop on the uh, the uh, meditation music before he gets in the car. <laughs> Put on some Chaz and Dave, meet him halfway, <laughs> or Coldplay. No one's, yeah. Coldplay. They no one's angry with Coldplay; they're just accepting. No one's angry with Coldplay except Travis. Yeah. Um, but, um, <laughs> uh, um, yeah that was
1: great though it was, it, it was so Carl. so different to um like Russell Kane that's what I
0: love about doing this Just the completely different ways people parent and stuff totally and what's fascinating I think what's going to be fascinating with doing this is I'm really already excited about checking in with Carl in six months or a year's time to see how it's changed
1: yeah I, I think it's that sort of honeymoon period of the kids when they start moving the kids that's when it's deadly when they start yeah.
0: running around and doing stuff, and let's let's be honest, not as excited as I am about checking in with Ellis and Izzy. That's the one we're all excited <laughs> about revisiting. <laughs> What's happened
1: since then? Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> Ellis, that, that still haunts me when he goes. I just accepted this is my life now. Just looking out the window, <laughs> trying to get a bit of sun.
0: Um, thank you to Carl. Um, we will see you on Friday.
1: Yep, see you on Friday. <laughs>